Welcome to the Esports Business Network podcast. I'm your host, Trent Knox. I'm the founder and CEO of Esports Business Network. This is episode number 20 of the EBNP. Our guest is Caleb Cousins, the CEO of Adamas Esports. Caleb's journey in esports begins playing competitive LOTR, Battle for Middle Earth, reaching the top of the leaderboards. Gaming has always been a part of his life, and he's been able to turn his passion for video games into a career in esports. In this podcast, he tells us how he learned the trade of traditional sports through his father, developed skills in business by grinding out in that arena, and has built up a strategy to take the lessons he learned about mindset and physical performance to the esports industry. Enjoy. This is the future. Hey y'all, it's Trent Knox with the Esports Business Network podcast. Today I'm joined by Caleb Cousins. Welcome to the show, Caleb. How are you doing? Good. Thanks, Trent. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to the chat. Yeah, I feel like we've got a lot to talk about. Um, You know, I've been looking at what you're doing in the industry and how you're adding performance and science and a lot of different things um, that I think that the industry needs at all levels um, and all different types of esports. And I usually start off this conversation uh, asking about when was your first experience with gaming uh, and esports? Well, I've always been a gamer. Uh, my first, my first game would have been uh, one of the NHL series. I don't remember quite what year, but ninety, probably ninety four, ninety five, ninety six, somewhere in that in that range on uh, on PC. Uh, it was the one of the few games I was allowed to play, me and my brother. And but the first kind of competitive gaming that I was a part of was um it was on a, a real-time strategy game called Battle for Middle Earth. I don't know if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, but it was uh, mm-hmm. based in Lord of the Rings. Um my brother and I and a couple of friends, we uh we were playing and at that time it was clan wars, so basically forming teams and then playing competitively against other clans and uh we we climbed the the world ladder and got into the, the top hundred and having lots of fun there um but out, outside of that gaming's always been just a, a hobby of mine that i play casually competitively i'd say um being a, a massive fan of of esports here for years uh, especially in the call of duty scene and then more recently the last couple of years have been really diving deeper into uh, League of Legends um, and all their uh, global regional le- leagues. So just a, a fan of the space and uh, super uh, lucky to be working in it as well. Yeah, you're in Vancouver now. Uh, did you grow up in uh, BC or where where did you grow up? Uh, yeah, I grew up here in BC. Uh, I was born in uh, Calgary, Alberta, which is just a province away here. but uh, basically born or bred here in in vancouver and mm-hmm. love the city um and there's a, a growing esports scene here in the city too it's no uh, los angeles or um or berlin or what have you but we're getting there and uh hope to one day uh, be competing with with those esports hubs as well 
Yeah, I've uh, been paying attention a little bit to Canada. Um, it's interesting. Um, I had uh, Landon Gorbanko uh, on the podcast a little bit ago. He's you know a specialist in the psychological uh, and and um, and uh, therapies, uh, mental health, and things like that. Uh, and it's interesting that. What he said is like, it's still small, but it's a growing, you know, uh, you know, strong grassroots amateur and even pro because, uh, some of your partnerships and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that. Um, but what was it like, you know, growing up in Canada and the experience trying to, to, to game with other people? Um, did you have like the couch co-op experience? Uh, for sure. So like a lot of the games I played growing up were more kind of uh, co-op kind of multi, uh, split screen experience on on different games. And then as I got older, I uh, started to play Call of Duty um, and other games online with uh, with friends, but then also just against randoms, just uh, grinding ranked and uh, the different playlists. And uh, yeah, I don't think the gaming experience was much different than than anywhere else. Just uh, just trying to get better at at the games that I loved and uh, and having fun with with friends while doing it. One of the games that I I absolutely spent way too much time on were was the call of, or the zombie modes for Call of Duty. The different oh, black, yeah. blackout games. I I used to grind those hard and have a lot of great memories uh, playing with with friends. I mean, that's one of the things I love about gaming in the industry is it it connects people and it keeps you connected more than anything like with friends and family who are uh, living all across the world. It's, it's the way you can connect, jump on a game once a week, every, every other week, whatever it might be. And um, having kind of lived in different places in the world myself, it's been a great kind of connecting tool and just tool to keep me sane as, uh, as life goes on. Yeah, you mentioned uh, zombies and black ops. Yeah, I want to talk about an inside joke? Two thousand and what was it? Uh, was it fifteen when Black Ops Three thought they were going to put a premium on couch uh, couch co op? Uh, I uh, yeah yeah I, I I don't remember that, but uh, that could very well be. Oh yeah, they tried to basically get rid of split split screen, and oh, uh, they yeah. they. They made it so that there was like a zombies only for the PS3 mm-hmm. version. It was like this multi-tiered and they definitely dialed that back. They were like, true. We got to have sp- split screen. Yeah. And they did it. I guess they did it with destiny. Right. So destiny was one of the, the first games that was non split screen. Right. You know, um, and it takes away some of the culture of what develops into esports uh you know the the bring your consoles together aspect the if a buddy doesn't have the concept console come over and uh you know play on our consoles you know um that, that that's a big part of my adolescence as well is like playing split screen call of duty yeah you know split screen uh left for dead you know like yeah, yeah. <laughs> um that's a a big part of my adolescence. So you, you're playing video games. It's a part of, uh, you know, your, uh, 
uh, leisure activities as you're growing up. And um, I, I, I haven't, you know, I did a little bit of research before, but I, I didn't see, um, I don't know if you, what call if you went to college, but did you have the college experience? Uh, I did. Yeah. Straight was gaming, in, was gaming involved with that? You know what? It, it wasn't uh, for me. I would say um, the college I went to was a smaller college um, and they now have a gaming club. Um, but back when, when I went, I, I don't believe they did, or at the very least I wasn't a part of it. Um, I was focused on, on my studies. I went to uh, business school, got my, my bachelor's of business. Um, and uh, yeah, I was just kind of in school to try to get out of it as quickly as possible to get into the real world and start making money. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, esports uh, was not a part of my collegiate experience. Mm. Um, and, you know, I played cash games for Madden and FIFA and sports games. Um, you know, I played poker. Um, yeah. But I didn't, I didn't get the, the, the taste of esports till I was an adult. I'm watching Twitch and and sort of some of these platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you like first get that taste of esports? Um, and think it was or or to th- to take what you learned in in college about business and create a business model for for esports. Well, my first experience uh, with esports, and I wouldn't have called it that at the time, but it was playing competitively on that on that real time strategy game, um, and right. and grinding and getting kind of to to the top of that game or or one of the top uh, players and and teams in that game. Um, but kind of my my journey to esports is, was was a looping one. Is my my career started in. Uh, the realm of human and sport performance, um, which is uh, a big part of what my business now is in esports, is optimizing um, the the players and the team so that uh, their their lifestyle, their health, their psychology, and their gaming habits are all optimized to the to the uh, peak that they can be, so that when they're sitting down to play, they're at their best uh, performance potential that uh, that they can be. Um, so I spent um, a number of years, almost my first uh, decade of uh, of my career, um, building a human performance brand here in in Vancouver. Um, uh, for whatever reason, I mean, you mentioned Landon, who's who's an absolute rock star in the space here, but uh, Canada has has such a a wide network of some of the top. Uh, human performance and sports practitioners in the world like there's there's half a dozen uh, Canadian physiotherapists on if not more on NBA teams down down the states Um, we've got for again for whatever reason there's Canadians are very good at um, kind of health and performance and so um, that's where the majority of my career has has been, and then now I'm bringing that same uh, suite of services and that same idea to to esports because I think it's it's really ne- needed. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that I saw when I was going over your your LinkedIn just to get to know you a little bit better was a time. Did you spend time in Germany? I did. Yeah, and. That's sort of like in the in like recent, 
And um, what what was that that like? What was the culture like? Did you go there to to experience esports in a different? Um, I wish. <laughs> I wish. Okay. So I, I actually went to Germany to chase a girl who's now my wife. Okay. So it was, it was well worth oh, my, okay. my effort. Um, but unfortunately, for for whatever reason, I did not take advantage of um, of the esports scene in Germany while I was there. Um, I'm also a massive uh, football or soccer fan, and I didn't really take advantage of that either. So I have no excuse because I was in in such a a hub for both of those things. But yeah. my my mind was on uh, on wooing my lady and uh, nothing else at that point. So I was learning the language. I was um, trying to make some money and I was, uh, trying to build a relationship. So I didn't have time for much else. <laughs> well, you know, I think that, you know, you, what you want is a, a long-term partner and, uh, that's some ways more, more valuable, but, um, it would have been cool, right? It would oh, have been cool and, and the nice thing is now, so I now I speak uh, German fluently, so I can uh, I can go back to Germany and actually experience esports in a in a much more um, fulsome way because I can speak the language. So it's all paid yeah, up. absolutely, and, <laughs> and adding the value it, sure. there is incredibly important. Yeah. You know, uh, speaking the language, being able to communicate the 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 things that you are developing it for an English audience for uh, a German audience. That's all awesome. for sure. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about it. How did, how did the Adamas esports company come to fruition? What was like the founding um, building blocks for where it is today? Yeah, it really came from my, uh, my 10 or so years working on this more traditional sport performance brand. Um, I worked on that with my, my father and, and others, and then kind of went away from that, went to Germany. And when I came back to, to Canada, I was like, man, esports is growing super fast. So there's a great business opportunity, but more importantly, there is there is a whole generation of young people who are who are gaming more than they're playing traditional sports, which is not hasn't really happened in a generation before. And they are they're missing out on not only the the soft skills that sport can teach, whether that's teamwork and like communication skills and stuff, because there's no coach at if you're just gaming casually, but they're missing out on the health benefits. So like like having to like exercise and get outside um, at at minimum for for like half an hour a day, um, eating properly, hydrating properly, getting proper sleep. Like these 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 habits. There was there was such an opportunity in my mind to have an impact on the future generations um, of of kids to give them the tools to succeed both in their game and in life. Um, so went to. My father, um, and then another business, uh, my other business partner, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, and we, we, we all had the same vision and the same passion for uh, bringing these services and these tools to an industry that um, that needs them. Not only from a health perspective, but also, I think people don't maybe quite understand yet just how how important these things that I mentioned, nutrition, sleep, uh, exercise are to brain function and 
brain, like your brain is your main tool when you're playing these games. And so Mm -hmm. if you're looking to be the best in in one of these games, like your body and your mind are your two greatest tools to do that. And so making sure that they're at their, their optimal levels when you're sitting down should be every gamer's priority, whether you just want to beat your friends or you want to win on the world world stage. Yeah, absolutely. So what, components does ryan your father and you play in at adams yeah so i'm i'm the ceo um and uh the day-to-day manager of the business and builder of the business ryan and scott my father they they both have full-time roles with other um other organizations and they're playing more of an advisory and support role uh ryan is the chief strategy officer driving our brand forward. He's he's has 15 years plus of experience in the esports space, um, from working with Red Bull to now his role at Encompass International down in LA. Um, and Scott brings uh, 20 plus years of traditional sport um, performance expertise and network that just allows us to build an amazing team of practitioners and experts to be able to deliver these services um and uh and create these different tools for the industry so as i'm thinking there and listening to the story i'm thinking if someone was uh considering getting into this space um and how do they build experience um so that they can can know how to execute on building a business um like like you have what's the so, first step to, to to take so in performance specifically or just in esports well i think i think a lot of the you know corporate sports space or commercial sports space um there's 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 a ladder there you have to you know uh climb the corporate ladder mm. uh and gain the experience so i'm not you know someone who's had a lot of that experience and put myself in that arena. So I don't even know where do I go first to get, to even search out the first opportunity or experience. Like how do I put myself in the conversation? Yeah. And my advice, and it's kind of a, 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 very general advice and it it goes for any industry is network um having a network of of people in this industry or any other industry you'd want to be in um is so important it's like who you're hanging out with who you're messaging it with every day who you're trying to connect with um your circle of influence is what's going to um help elevate you to where you want to go and uh, what I've found is, I mean, the gaming and esports industry is is incredibly open and welcoming, and they they, well, I guess we we welcome um, new energy and new skill sets and new ideas into the space all the time. And so, it's not being afraid to shoot your shot and and reach out to that that scary CEO on LinkedIn or that scary uh, coach of a team on on Twitter. And I mean, it's not always going to pan out, but that's what's worked for me is uh, just network, um, 
obviously right now with COVID, a lot of it has to happen digitally and, and online. Um, but that works too, because I mean, the gaming and, and esports industry is inherently a digital industry. So everyone is on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, you name it. And so pick your, pick your uh, platform and then start connecting with people and start conversations and see where it goes. I agree. Um, I agree wholeheartedly. I don't think I developed that skill um, until you know, I'm 20, 22 or something like that, 23 maybe. Mm. Um, the, the skill of, of number one, just like not being uh, self-conscious um, in a way that will limit you from putting yourself into those conversations. You know, sometimes it's, um, it's scary if you're trying to pursue something that you love or something that that's your niche. Um, and you don't know anyone, you don't know anybody with any influence. You don't know anyone who, who has established experience, even if they don't have influence, but they have, um, you know, um, they've turned wrenches or, or, you know, built systems, whatever it may be in that, in that, in that, uh, in the ecosystem that you want to get into. Right. So are there like little nuance things that someone should know if they were entering into your space, like, uh, um, about the health and, uh, and wellness and also about the, uh, psychological science or, uh, mental health, any of these things? Yeah. I mean, one, just one thing to add on, on that last point as well is if you're in college still and you're looking to get in the space, I mean, one opportunity that we didn't have when we were going through college Trent, was we, we didn't have these massive collegiate, um, kind of leagues and, and, um, right. associations, uh, to be a part of. And, and I, I don't know how many times I've seen, even just in, in Vancouver here, our local universities, UBC and, and uh, Simon Fraser University, which they both have great esports programs. I mean, a lot of these, um, whether you're uh, a player in the program or whether you're one of the administrators or leaders of the program, like these people are going on to be um, the next professionals, the next generation of professionals in our industry. And so if you're, if you're in college, you're wanting to get into gaming and esports and you're not part of your or starting your college's um, esports association, gaming association, I think you're missing out on a big opportunity. Um, but to answer your your most recent question, I mean, there's there's so much. I mean, if, if someone's looking to get into the, the world of becoming a performance coach, a performance expert in um, in esports and gaming. I mean, it's all about schooling. Like when I'm looking to expand my team, I'm, I'm looking at, at the very minimum bachelor's degrees, but I mean, further than that, I'm looking at, um, master's degrees. I'm looking at PhDs because whether you're talking nutrition, whether you're talking nerd, like neuro, um, uh, neurobiology, whether you're talking, uh, exercise science, like all these things, they're very, deep and technical uh topics mm. where you just have to go to, for, to school for and you you need that um you need that piece of paper uh unfortunately but once you've you've had that it, again i would say it's about it's about networking to get in the space there's 
there's more and more uh, practitioners coming from traditional sports, seeing the opportunity that esports um, is and, and wanting to come in. And so again, it's networking with the right people, um, both in person and, and digitally. And I mean, I would say personally, like there's a lot of interest in, in the industry right now on nutrition and whether that's like optimizing players, nutrition plans, meal, meal plans, or just education on nutrition as a topic, sleep and hydration, uh, are always uh, a great topic. And then also, I mean, we talked about a little bit how esports is such a cognitive um, activity. It requires so much brain power and function to, to do so at a high level. Becoming um, familiar with mental performance practices and mental training practices and training things like um confidence and imagery and self-talk and like these core skills that a lot of us do naturally at different levels just in day-to-day life but knowing that there's skills that you can bring to the fore before and after every game you play and in every tournament you play and and everything else so that meant the mental performance space is a is a very um it's a relatively new space just in general. And so there's a lot still to be learned and then bringing it to esports. The great, the great part about esports right now is esports is providing an amazing lab for the mental performance and cognitive performance community that traditional sport hasn't because um, esports athletes are stationary. So people, mm-hmm. like we can be measuring brain waves and the different things while they're sitting and, and learning and, how to train this better and how to get the most out of, uh, uh the performance. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm, as you're, you know, explaining this to me, I think your space has a higher barrier of entry than the average trade within esports, because I think a lot of people who are just getting started, whether they be an investor uh, a, a potential op- entrepreneur or a job seeker in this space, their um, macro comprehension of esports it sometimes gets encompassed as um, being gaming in general, mm-hmm. right? And they don't understand that there's a difference between the gaming culture and the esports culture they hear the, the 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 terminology competitive gaming but they disassociate it for unknown reasons and they don't realize that the industry and the culture um possess some of these highly um high skill high uh high training high train uh jobs that require an immense amount of training yeah such as what what your team and your company are are uh, offering as a service in this industry um feel free yeah, uh, I mean, I think a lot of people they try to they try to paint esports and gaming and uh, with the sports brush. So traditional sports, 
you you call it sport whether you're you're professional or whether you're a rec league or whether you're youth like it's just your sport you're 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 a soccer player whatever um it's not the same uh, with because gaming has been around much longer than esports although um i i understand that uh competitive gaming has been around for a while too um and but they're they're very like to your point they're very different things and have very different cultures and very different uh um professions and opportunities in in each one they're they're it's comparing apples and oranges yeah it could be almost um polarizing either way right it can Mm -hmm. be someone who's very devout to gaming and doesn't associate themselves to the esports world yeah or the other way around um and it's interesting that when it's when in my experience um culturally and and uh whatnot that it is the traditional sports titles in esports that tend to be where players coaches are solely focused into the actual competitive game and don't associate outside with other gaming uh, uh cult or gaming cultures whether Mm -hmm. it be like the transition from going from uh a hearthstone player to being uh a um a moba player so that's like a like a a tg tgc to being a moba player like there's there's a bit of a transition that could happen there yeah for sure Um, yeah do you ever is this something you ever think about in, in your space the um transitioning from one game or genre to the other yeah very much so i mean again if you if you let's take the the traditional sport analogy again i mean you you've got you've got these these very few um players or uh, athletes like michael jordan and and others who who crossed sport lines, right? Jordan went from NBA to MLB and then back. I mean, which is crazy to think about. And but I think, I think gaming um, and esports. I think you're going to see that um, more and more, especially because games have such a, in, in some cases, have such a short shelf life that like you will see, you will see players like go to FPS, say Fortnite or something. And then once the Fortnite uh, wave dies down, not that the Fortnite wave is never going to die down, but um, they'll jump to maybe League of Legends because they think they have the skill set to do it. And if they put the time in, they could. So I, I think it, it, it is very possible. And in some cases, maybe more possible than in traditional sport. And it's it's something where I think you will start to see it more and more over the the coming years is... Uh, people and and these players trying out other um other titles other genres and and seeing what what fits best for them and and i mean take advantage of these other massive communities and these fan bases which can only help build their personal brands and businesses right i agree and you know i'm gonna i have a kind of a alternative you know um example for maybe a successful a person that's done that I consider Elkie, you know, having been a successful Starcraft player and transitioning into being a successful poker player as being one of those examples. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Outside of that, like 
it's, 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 there's, you really haven't seen the shining star do it yet. Um, you know, uh, one that's the, you know, potentially, and it's kind of there, it's kind of not there is Aberle transitioning from apex to Valorant. And, and there isn't really, you know, he's still on the, the fine edge there because there's no reason why you can't compete in multiple, um, you know, leagues or titles, franchises. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's a matter of, you know, eventually it'll, it may go that direction where you're, you know, well, at least for the overwatch or leagues or, um, NBA 2k or, or other franchise based leagues, you, you might be signing exclusive contracts, but you know, um, there's no reason why a player can't compete in, in multiple, uh, titles in esports but um what is the process within adamas for um for drafting a contract with a player a team or a, a large organization it's uh very customized so it's um it can be complicated depending but basically we we don't have a a standard um menu of that the athlete can come and say, I want, I, I want this. Um, because what we do is we, we take our time to work with the athlete or with the team or with the league. And we hear about their specific goals, their challenges, their history with these different topics. And then we build out a program um, coming out of that. And, and our programs always start with education because again, the the average esport uh, athlete is young and doesn't really maybe know a lot about these topics that we're talking about. So sleep, nutrition, exercise, right. mental performance, mental health. Um, and so giving them the basic knowledge of why why this stuff is important and the the biology and the chemistry involved and how it all relates back to their in-game performance is so important to build behavior change, which is what basically we're asking of every one of our clients because every service and every tool we provide them is asking them to drink something different, eat something different, do something different during the day. And that we need to form habits and behavior change. The only way to do that is with buy-in. And the only way to get buy-in is for them to understand and then agree with you that what you're saying is 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 like correct but also that it makes sense and that it's right um so starting with education and then once we've gotten that light bulb moment which we always do there hasn't there has not been an exception to date um whether we're working with a collegiate team a pro team these these young men and women they understand it after they they get a little bit of education and and once we've seen that light bulb go off then we can start prescribing exercise plans nutrition plans um we can give them workouts all these different tools that we have uh to to provide them um but it's it's definitely a process of like it's a needs analysis then it's education and then it's prescription basically Mm -hmm. so it starts with soft skills seeing if they can adapt those things then moving into the harder skills like um you know, exercise, muscle maintenance, 
um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not an expert here, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just, you know, hearing what the problems are and seeing how Adamas could be, a, a, you know, um, uh, addressing these issues like, you know, uh, fatigue. Yeah. Burnout. Um, yeah. Burnout. Right. Overuse injuries. I mean, a lot of these, uh, young men and women there, they have like massive, um, pain. They're playing through pain, like, like a traditional sport athlete would. Um, and they don't know how to address it. They don't know how to prevent it. And so it's teaching things like ergonomics, how you're sitting, what chairs you're using to sit, how high is your screen that you're looking at every day? Um, eye health, how bright is your screen? Um, are you getting the right vitamins to, to help with your eyesight, but also kind of the rest of your body? I mean, a lot of, a lot of us gamers, unfortunately, aren't getting enough sunlight. And so vitamin D deficiency is a big thing. And so there's, there's so many little small wins that make a big difference in the long run to a person's health and also performance. It's just a matter of educating and then giving practical tools that aren't going to take out hours of your day. But like if you can if you can add in like three 10 minute intervals during your day where you're going out for a quick walk outside or you're going to actually sit down and have a healthy meal instead of ordering something in like there are very easy wins that have a big impact um, that that this community just needs to know more about. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, And I've seen I've talked to a lot of different people addressing it from different angles um, from the chiropractic to the physical uh, therapist, to the massage therapist, to the psychiatrist, psychologist, your take. Um, it's, it's something that I think, well, number one, outsiders, don't get it. They think that gaming is a joke. That's the that's the overall consensus in times. And I like to attribute it to um esports is in its infancy and the and most parents are um you know skeptical or or nervous that because the market, the overall market is, you know, Dr. Seth Ginny argues that it's about $25 billion market cap. There's not enough revenue going around to sustain uh, a lifestyle for, for, you know, the majority of individuals. Now it's again, going back to what, my first question is about how does someone get started is, is getting in where you fit in. And so what's that process like when you're, um, you are uh, looking for, for product market fit in you, in, with you or, you know, uh, qualifying clients that you should work with versus clients you might think that are too too toxic culture or too um, close-minded, not ready to 
to um, address some of the problems that you might um, be concerned about? Yeah, I mean, one of the things we've had to be is very patient. So we've been in um, in operation for two and a half years now. Um, and I mean, two and a half years ago, the discussion around performance in esports and health in esports was really just starting. There were a few people doing some great work in the industry, trying to trying to pioneer it, and we came in uh, to join them in in fighting the good fight. But even even now, two and a half years later, like there, I would say the um, the community is is still relatively not split, but but there's no um, there's no serious commitment from. Um, from most developers, from most teams, there are outliers, of course, but most of the community still, they will acknowledge that that health and performance and these things are important, but they're not putting their money where their mouth is. Um, they're not actually creating programs and tools for their for their competitive community, but also for their community of fans uh, to be healthier and to uh, and to be doing. Just having a more balanced, a more holistic, a more sustainable lifestyle. That's really what it comes down to the the gamer lifestyle at the moment that kind of we all we all know the the stereotypes around gaming and stuff. Like it's not a positive picture that the the world has about us as a community. That doesn't have to be the case, and it doesn't actually take much for us to to change before it won't be the case, but it's about making those changes. And, and I, I still think I, I make the analogy a lot. I don't know if, if you surf at all, but surfing, you're always waiting for, for the wave. And, and so we're still paddling, waiting for the next wave. We see it, it's coming and you, you start to see the effects of it, but it still hasn't hit. And once it hits, I think there's, I mean, there's going to be a massively positive impact on um, not only the esports industry, but the gaming industry and the gaming community as a whole. Um, it's just about having to be patient, uh, waiting for your moment, um, whether that's uh, not launching your business or whether it's launching your business and just realizing that like the first whatever X number of months or or years in some cases are, are not going to be um, kind of hugely rev- revenue generating. You just need to bide your time um, because there's a ton of opportunity and a ton of a potential impact to have on this industry. It's just um, the industry moves at its own pace and we can't control that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and this is a corny joke that I had, but you asked me if I surf and I said, uh, I was thinking, I live in Hawaii. I lived in Hawaii for four years, right? I went to attended the University nice. of Hawaii. Uh, but I found myself surfing the internet more than surfing the waves. Fair enough. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like it's like me being in Germany, but uh, not uh, not getting too involved in uh, in football or or esports. It's inexcusable, but hey, that's just how it happened. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes, man. I'm yeah. That just te- that's an testament to how much of a gamer I really True. I really am. I True. I would, hardcore. <laughs> yeah, it's just just where I was at, like mentally, especially at that time. And, and people with your expertise weren't around, mm-hmm. you know, like you were saying earlier, no, there was no guidance. There was no like a way to elevate any of the things that I was, that I was doing at the time, you know, 
I was seeing, it wasn't until 2015 that podcasts, you know, um, streaming, any of these outlets to express myself as a gamer even occurred that I could do it. It wasn't, it wasn't even, I wasn't evangelized. I wasn't enlightened in this way, even though I was, it was right in front of my face. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you're in the room and the, you know, you're looking directly in the elephant's eyes, but you don't know how big it is actually. Right. Um, so, so how can, uh, can people find you and how can they, you know, if someone's looking to, you know, work with you or contract your services, what can they do? They can contact me directly. I'm on uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, what, wherever wherever you are, I'm probably there. So you can look me up, Caleb Cousins, or just go to the website and conscious, con- contact us through there, adamacysports.gg. Um, we, we're willing to work with anyone and everyone in the space that kind of values or sees value in in what we we are doing we want to have an impact in the in the community um we're we're sharing a lot of the tips and tricks that we that we know on social media so make sure you follow us at adamus esports on twitter um linkedin and instagram and uh yeah i mean keep keep watching this space because it's going to be a crazy 2021 there's a lot of exciting things coming down the pipe and uh we just we want to we want to help this awesome community uh because we are a part of it and and uh we love it so um it's it is the best industry i've ever worked in i i have found my my niche and i don't think i'm ever going anywhere else and uh i'm i'm very thankful to have this opportunity absolutely and one thing before we sign off uh i usually ask this question sometimes i don't um what is one piece of advice you would give yourself um your, your former self hmm. that you would have done differently uh, to like maybe expedite something that you wanted to get done. What would that piece of advice be? That's a tough question, but I think what it comes down to is it's, it's not direct advice, but I mean, I'm going to share it anyway. It comes down to not, not looking around at like social media nowadays, it's all about envy, right? You're watching what other people are doing. You're like, man, why am I not there? And, and I, I've, I mean, I think we all struggle with that um, to a degree. And I've struggled with that throughout my career is like, oh man, I don't have that Ivy league school degree. And no oh man, I, I didn't start a super successful startup and no oh man, this, no oh man, that. But at the end of the day, like if you, if you work hard, if you, if you find um, industries where you're, doing what you love, um, you, you'll get there in the end and, and you'll get to a place where you are happy and challenged and content, but, but, um, not to, I guess, enjoy the journey. I would say is there's, there's no secret kind of sauce to, to get you from point A to point Z. Um, but as long as you're understanding that every job you have, every person you meet, every, um, experience you experience is building you into your future self and and to the person who's going to have that next level career that next level opportunity um it takes the pressure off and allows you to to enjoy life a little bit more because the rest of it will come so 
I think that hopefully that would take the pressure off of my former self and hopefully a few others listening. <laughs> Absolutely. Great advice. Again, this is Caleb cousin, uh, cousins of Adamas esports, find them on LinkedIn, social media, all over the online. And this has been the esports business network podcast. Thank you for listening.